This is the EWN Podcast Network. You are listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. My guest today is Carmel Ecker. And I have to tell you, you are a hero because we have the same heart with our children. Oh, I'm so serious, Carmel. Carmel is a single mom and she empowers single parents to create and execute the plan they want for their future. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Helen. I'm super excited to be here. Well, you know, we just talk for hours and hours. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I have such a, obviously... For listeners who don't know, I was a single mom. I um, was a single mom until my son was 15. And then I ended up being a single mom again when he was 25. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, So your son, Grayson, is nine, correct? He is, yes. So let's have a little bit of backstory for you, how you do what you do. That's so important. We, you know, I think the whole society is, we, there's a lot of single parents now. Versus... And what I like about how this is going to play out is I, I've been a mom for 33 years, 34 if you're counting the pregnant, right? So I always kind of uh, envision myself as this, you know, overlord of giving advice. <laughs> and I, I uh, yeah. Okay, so let's go uh, with your background. What brought you to today? Yeah, what brought me to today? So I, the journey to the, the work that I'm doing starts eight years ago. When I, I was married and um, I had my son and my marriage fell apart. And so I found myself a single parent uh, when my son was one year old. And it was tough. It was really tough, uh, more mentally than anything, because I just was so disappointed. I was so disillusioned. This was not how it was supposed to go, right? I followed the formula, right? You graduate and you go to school and then you get married and you get the house and you, you know, you do all the things. And then it, it all just like fell apart right in front of me. And I thought, okay, well now what? And I really floundered for a couple of years and I, I struggled emotionally trying to recover from you know, well, does, is this it? Right. Well, and, and to recover from a divorce with a one-year-old, yikes. Yeah. 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 That was tough because he was so little. Um, he had colic. Um, I mean, obviously by the time we were divorced, the colic was finished, but you know, I was exhausted after that first year and then went straight into a divorce. <laughs> so it was really fun times. <laughs> Um, and so it, it, like I floundered for a couple of years and, and I finally discovered the world of personal development and eventually hired a coach because I was caught in this place of God, I just, I don't, I don't like my life anymore. And I don't know how to fix that. And I was really, really stuck and hiring the coach was the the best thing that I could have done. Uh, It was a big investment for me at the time. But man, there's no, I I knew at the time that I needed a helping hand. I wanted to launch a business. I wasn't sure exactly what it was going to be. I had exactly zero confidence that I could do it. (laughs) And I also had all these stories in my head 
about, you know, how, oh, people in my family aren't entrepreneurs. And which, by the way, like talk about the stories that we tell ourselves. My dad was a mechanic and owned his own shop. I have several um, relatives who have businesses. One has a tax shop, one has a restaurant. Like my family is full of entrepreneurs. My grandfather was a farmer, which is like, you don't think of it as an entrepreneur, but that's an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I had all these, these stories. And so I worked with this coach and I, you know, over time, broke down a lot of these stories. And and by the end of the first three months of working with her, I had launched a business and I was on my way. And I've been on the journey ever since then to keep working on myself and create the life that I want and not be limited by my ideas of what it is to be a single parent, Mm -hmm. specifically a single mom, right? Because there's all kinds of negative stereotypes about single moms. Mm-hmm. And our ability to create what we want in life. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not interested in following that path. I'm not, I don't want to be limited. Yeah. And I don't know if you've, I, I know when I was going through it in, initially, it was that, uh, you know, you have this societal norm or notion that, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but, you know, you're a loser, you know, quote unquote. Mm. And if you are the single mom who ends up getting knocked up and all of a sudden you have that pressure to prove that you can be and are as good as any other parent and then you have the pressure of working full-time of being entirely responsible for this child whether they get to go and see the other parent or not is irrelevant you are 90 percent responsible for how this child's life is going to be you are the ultimate role model in you know, when you're talking about parenting, you've got good cop, bad cop, you know, you, it's like, oh, well, mom's not going to say yes, so I'm going to go to dad. But now you've got to be the good guy and the bad guy. Yeah. And you, you like, kids are, gosh, kids can wear you down, right? Like kids when you're the only kids. adult, <laughs> when you're yeah. the only adult in the house, the kid, like kids can wear you down. My son's done it because they are relentless. Yeah. If they want something, or at least maybe, maybe this is just my kid. But he's relentless. When he wants something, he will ask over and over and over yeah. and over again. And, you know, how do you build up the resiliency? How do you, how do you maintain your energy so that you stand your ground? Not necessarily for your sake, but because you've made a decision for their sake, mm-hmm. you know? No, it's not okay if you have candy as a treat every single day. Yeah. And that's not because I'm the big bad wolf, or I guess maybe that's not the right reference, but it's not because I'm a jerk. It's because that's not healthy for you, right? Right. And holding that boundary is about my child, not so much about me. But being able to hold it is about me. Yeah, because I mean, as parents, whether you're a single parent or or a dual parent, if you give in to your kid every time, you got a whole other podcast we'll be talking about, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. You know, the older they get, the, you know, it, it, in some ways it gets easier because they get more independent, but there are just new different challenges that you face. And so you need to set yourself up fairly early on in your relationship with your child so that you don't end up with, you know, monstrous problems down the yeah. road. And you have to be, and there's that line too of codependency, you know, when you're really worried about your own abilities as a parent, I think, but I, I don't, this is the other thing as a single mom. I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship and, you know, share my child. 
what kind of what I say goes. So you become this, you know, and it's like, oh my God, I don't want to be one of those domineer mother, domineering mothers, right? I mean, you're just constantly having these little conversations with yourself about, you know, did I mess it up? And I can't be his friend, but I want to be his friend. And, and then they don't have siblings. And so now you're their best friend. I remember Alex saying to me one time, mommy, who's your best friend? And I said, oh, probably my friend, Kathy. And he started crying. He goes, but I thought I was your best friend. Didn't even occur to me. And I said, oh, I meant after, after you, Alex. <laughs> nice save, mom. <laughs> nice save. But yeah, because now you've got, you know, there's so many layers, like you said earlier to this. You know, when you get sick, you can't pass it off to another parent if you don't have your family close by, right? Right, which many um, people don't these days. Yeah. That's one of the biggest struggles that I see among yeah. single parents is that, you know, their family doesn't live where they live. So they don't have the same kind of support network, right? They kind of have to manufacture one. And that can be really difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, going back to that, can I do it? Can I, you know, do I ask for help? Am I going to look weak? You know, I mean, all of those stories you tell yourself. So it'd be interesting to know what the differences are with a, you know, 25 year difference in our boys, their ages, <laughs> yeah. right? And so it'd be interesting to know what the challenges are now. Tell me what you keep consistently feeling or hearing in your work. And I'll tell you whether it's the same. How's that? Mm. Hmm. Let me throw one out there. Yeah. Dating. <laughs> It's funny because that's the first thing that came into my mind. And okay. I was like, do we really want to go to dating? <laughs> but yeah, it is a challenge, right? It, it is a challenge because, um, you know, and, and like right now with COVID, it's especially like you can't get a babysitter, no. right? You can't go out and maybe it's not, it doesn't feel safe for a lot of people to even consider dating. And then, you know, if you're going to date, there's always questions of, um, when do I introduce that person to my kids or my child? You know, when's a, when do I feel comfortable enough with that? When do I feel confident that they're going to stick around? I mean, relationships can last two years and end. I had a relationship that lasted three years and then ended. Yep. And I'm like, ah, yep. I you know, I didn't want that for my son, but what do you no, do? I mean, you still have to have, you know, your life as well. And it's trying to balance it because if they don't get along, I, I dated a guy once who said, well, you love him more than you love me. And I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. It's a whole different level. You dummy. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> yeah. I have no time for anyone who feels the no. need to compete with my child for my no. attention. Like we're, we're a package deal. Absolutely. So, okay. So based on that, your package deal how is it when, so you've say you've been with someone for two years, they probably feel that they do have an influence with this child's life if they're, if it's good. What I see, I've heard a lot of people uh, when it comes to discipline, the mama bear comes out and then now you're enabling, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, well, you're part of our life. Yes, you're part of our package, but don't tell my kid what to do. I've, I've, I've ne I didn't have that issue. But there are women that I've talked to that absolutely slam that gate down. So now you've created that chasm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's really a matter of of personal choice, right? Like I don't I think with a lot of these things there's no right or wrong necessarily. It's that you deciding this is this is a boundary that I have and having the conversation with your partner. I think one of the biggest challenges we have as humans not e- in relationship, not even just as single parents, but that we, we're not always great communicators, you know? We, we think things in our head and somehow imagine that the other person has telepathy and just yeah. automatically knows <laughs> or we're afraid to communicate what we want or we're afraid to communicate a boundary. People pleasers have a real tough time with this. And, and I say that as a people, a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> Me too, sister. High five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, we want to, we want to be liked even, yeah. you know, in general, even if you're not specifically a people pleaser, we want to be liked. Right. And especially, you know, um, one of the things that single parents do, you know, we want to get into a new relationship. And so we might be a bit more accommodating because we have this think, well, you know, this person, um, is now taking on my child as well as me. And so there's like this dance that we do. And it's like, yeah, you got to yeah. let go of that. That's a handicap mm-hmm. that that is, um, we got to let go of that being a negative in your life. My child enhances my life. He's made me a better person. Whoever I get into relationship with, is damn lucky that I have a kid. That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah, I felt that way too. And on that point too, you know, that it gives the impression that parents that are together are perfect parenting duos. They're not. They are not. So there's that notion. It's kind of... <laughs> um, okay, so next one is, so does Grayson's father have a part in his life? He does, yes. Okay, so now when you're adding in... I have seen people who are so dedicated to their children, it doesn't matter that they've split. And I remember saying that to Alex's dad, I I don't care. I mean, we were never together. We were mm-hmm. together for a while, over six martinis, like my son was. <laughs> um, but I remember saying to him, no matter what's happened, I have an expectation that you don't bad talk me and I won't bad talk you. Okay, that sounds really nice in, in Siri. Not all fathers or mothers, we have to make that distinction. Just we're talking about single parents, not just single moms. But mm-hmm. it's really hard when you see your child's expectations let down by something that may or may not be intentional. I would guess it's usually not intentional. But now you want to protect. So it's really hard. And I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't slam his dad once in a while. Right? It happens. Yeah. Um you know, you can, you can get so frustrated with another person's behavior that, you know, you, you say something and then afterwards go, oh, I really shouldn't have, I didn't, you know, I don't want to be that person, but, but it does happen. But for me, I sort of, when I, when I recovered, I guess from, because there was, I never talked bad, at least that I can remember about my ex to our son because I wanted, I thought it was really important for them to have a good relationship regardless of what happened between me and his dad. Um, oh, now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, you know, just, <laughs> just on that point, though, do you have any, just through the work that you do with single parenting, single parents, mm-hmm. is I think you have to have that conversation with them, don't you? And it is really hard 
to zip it and it is really hard to show that face to your child. Like, come on, we're human. And, you know, you have to be so mindful not to do it. Now, I'm not talking about situations where father is or mother is, you know, kidnapping and taking them off. That's not what we're talking about today. But it's like you're going to do things that are going to hurt your child inadvertently. So is the other parent, right? Yes. Yeah. And if you yeah, don't we're, create, we're, we're imperfect humans. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to that point, I never wanted Alex to ever come back to me and say, you didn't let me have a part in my father's life. I didn't want yeah. to do that. So just so my backstory is my mother actually gave me up for adoption at two and a half to make my father mad. Now, you know, what? Yeah. That was part of one of my reasons that I would never have done that to Alex and, or his dad. His dad's a really nice guy. Just wasn't, you know. Wasn't the right never, guy for you. Yeah. But it took me many years to say that, Carmel. I mean, it took me many years to get past that. Yeah. Because there's, you know, there's all kinds of emotions wrapped up in that. There's disappointment, potentially resentment. And, you know, there's your ego that's bruised because, you know, yeah. If, if that person didn't choose you or they didn't live up to the expectations that you had, you know, whatever, whatever was going on, there's all these negative emotions that swirl around around up and you have to let go of yeah. those. And it's really hard. I think that's something. That's super hard. Super hard. And it's okay to say it's super hard. And that's when you have to, as a parent on both sides, take a deep breath and think about the long-term effects because I know just from my experience with my parents, my birth parents, quite frankly, never had anything to do with my mother. And I met my, my birth father when I was 30 and we've known each other almost 30 years and I'm super close to him, but there was a lot of questions in there. It's like, I am not naive to think that it was, it was all her doing. Right. So, and I think to your point about where in, we're imperfect is when you get older, you see your parents' imperfections. Yeah. Yeah. They're you don't see them so much. Of, yeah. Yeah. You're going to pick out a number of imperfections just so you know. Uh, they pick <laughs> up your imperfections anyway, but you get to choose some of them, I hope. You know, like you were really unfair to my father or so. Okay. So next one I'm going to throw out, especially for boys, I think. Okay. Boys, and I'm a firm believer that role modeling does not matter whether you're female, male, non-binary, whatever. It does gay, it doesn't matter. Be a good role model. But yeah. we've also got that notion of a boy needs his father. So do you have clients that are at that point now where they're like, I want to go live with my dad? I don't have any clients that are at that point, but I do, I do know single moms who have had their children go and live with, decide to live with their full-time with their father. I've also had, have, have a, uh, a friend who her daughter has chosen to live exclusively with her, right? It can be really hard to let go. And I can't say this from experience because my son still lives with me the majority of the time. I, but if I, you can I, keep yeah. your, yeah, if you can keep, your children's best interest in mind and not take it personally. And that's also very hard. 
And, and yeah. I, I went through that. Now, I actually sent my son to his dad's because mm-hmm. he was a very spirited young man. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I love how diplomatic you are about that. Yes, He's very well, spirited. You know, <laughs> if you talk to me in person, I'll use an entirely different way to explain that. But he, <laughs> he's, um, he was a very spirited, loving person. I mean, he's a wonderful child. He was a wonderful child and he's a wonderful man now, but I needed to get him away. And I thought it was for him, but it really was for me because I had single parented uh, almost exclusively for 11 years. Now he did go to his dad's in the summers later on and on school breaks and stuff. But I remember driving him to his dad's after we had made the decision. And then there's another factor and is when they're married to someone else, you've got to include all these people. And she's amazing. He's got an amazing stepmom. I love her. She's like my sister. And he really just got out of the car and slammed the door and walked away. And I, I was devastated. I thought I had so messed him up because of my own fears of abandonment and all of that. So you're right. Ego is a big word in all of this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It's, you know, our ego taps into like all of our fears, all of our desires, and, and it just, it wants to keep us safe. You know, that's really what our ego is. It wants to keep us safe. It wants to keep our self-image intact. And so if you're like living with this idea that I, I am a loving mother and this is what a loving mother does, and then your child goes and lives full-time with their other parent, and that doesn't fit the image of a loving mother for you, Yeah. well, that's pretty, that's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, in a weird way, it actually brought us closer together, Alex and I, much closer together. And so the other part to that is his dad, uh, thankfully his dad uh, and I disciplined quite similar, you know, similar styles. And I would never have come in between what his dad's word was in mine. Now, if he was hurting him, but he wouldn't hurt him. He was a, he was a really good dad. And right. so, but there was a time when I got a call from Alex and he was saying, you know, dad doesn't understand me. And I'm like, well, buddy, you have to talk to your dad because I knew enough that if I had jumped in and was mama bear, it was going to be, first of all, it was going to be unfair to his dad. But then his dad called me one time and he's just like at the end of this rope with our spirited son, right? And uh, I'm like, well, then discipline him. Don't hurt him, but discipline him. And that was it. I stayed out of it because, and I can't say that 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 works for all parents because I don't know. There's some parents that shouldn't have their kids for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's throw out another one. So now you, as a single mom, I, you know, this is so dear to my heart, Carmel. I, yeah. It was just weird how we met, but it's so nice to talk to a single mom that's going through what I went through. And it's almost like I'm going to heal my journey with my uh, guilt that I felt, um, you know, all, you know, you live with guilt for sure because yep. you think, oh my God, am I enough? Oh my gosh, you really are responsible. So here's the other thing. We don't get the luxury of being a stay-at-home mom. And and I am like bowing to moms who stay at home with their kids because Mondays were my favorite day, you know, with my spirited child. Are you feeling the same way? You know what? It's funny because I went back, I, I took a full year of mat leave and I went back 
to work. And I had thought that, you know, maybe I'll be a stay-at-home mom. That might, you know, I might really enjoy that. And after a year, I was like, holy moly, uh, get me out of this house. I need to go, like, I need my own space. And I felt, I felt, I did feel a bit guilty about that for a while. I was like, God, like, does that make me not a very good mom? Maybe I wasn't meant to be a mom. Like, have I just totally... (laughs) There was, you know, there's all this analysis that we do and judgment that we have about the decision we've made. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're making the choices that are right for us. And as long as they are considerate decisions and well thought out, yeah, it it works. It does work. And, you know, I mean, there are, and like I said, uh, uh, my daughter-in-law is a stay-at-home mom. She's incredible. I think, when is she going to crash and burn? (laughs) <laughs> I love that. Well, wait, you don't want her to, of course. And I'm always like leaping in. Do you need me to help? And they're like, they got it. They got it. Um, and really, I'm not leaping in to help her. I just want to spend time with my grandkids. But anyway, yeah. um, so the other thing is, so I was also um, an entrepreneur ever since he was, I don't know, four or five, maybe. And so there's that entirely different stress because now you got another baby and this is how you put food on your table. Yeah. And that's a big leap to take as a single parent. And I, you know, I took the same leap. I was, oh, I, you know, I'd been in my job for like 14, 15 years. And I just had hit a point where I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I was terrified to leave. I was like, I, I don't, I don't know if I can make this thing fly, but I, I know that I have to try. And I had, I had a little bit of a backup plan, right? I thought, well, I'm skilled. <laughs> I'm yeah. skilled in something. I will figure something. it out. Yeah. And I inched, you know, I inched my way into it, but at a certain point I had to leap. And taking that leap as a single parent, knowing there wasn't a second income in the house to, to make up, if this didn't work, mm-hmm. I, I think there's actually a, a certain amount of beauty in that because it's going to make you work hard. Like there's no, failure is not an option. Yep. Like, you know, you can fail within the, the, this venture, but you are going to work your buns off not to let the venture actually fail as a whole. Yeah. And I think, you know, now with COVID, we're seeing this where mom and parents are at home working because they don't have a choice. They're mm-hmm. home with their kids, and it's like, yeah, I know. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, it is challenging. And, yeah. you know, when my son, when, when COVID first hit, and my son was home for a couple of months, who, and, and I, work, I, I work from home anyway, so I'm really, you know, I'm kind of used to working from home. But all of a sudden, he was here, and he wanted my attention. He's a single child, so, or an only child. And so, you know, there was no one else here to entertain him. He tried, we tried, my mom was a grade three teacher and he was in grade three at the end of last year. And so she tried through Zoom to help him with his work. And he just, I don't know, it just didn't work. And so that was a real struggle. And, and it's, a, it's a unique struggle for single parents because you, like, you can't trade off with the other parent. No. You're no. stuck. Yeah, it's, it's all like, you. It's kind of a blessing and a curse because then you can have fun dinner nights and you don't have to worry. And if you have dinner at eight o'clock at night, good. If you don't, like, I mean, 
there's really no rules. So you get into this weird (laughs) thing about this super duper hero independent mother who is really carrying the weight of two human beings with her. You know, it gets, it, it gets into a routine. It's like, actually, I don't know if there would be room for someone else in our life. Right. Especially after you've worked, you've worked out this dynamic about, you know, I don't know how you do with Grayson. And and we can talk about this too, is like one of the things I used to do was have Alex make a meal at least once a week, um, just because I wanted him to be responsible. And so we would have some of the stuff he make, we would just howl, you know, and I was always like, oh my God, this is delicious. He'd be like, really, mom, this tastes like garbage. And I'm like, whatever, it's delicious, son. It's delicious. <laughs> and so, but, but then you get, so you don't need that third person in there after a while. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Because, you know, right now, my son being nine, he's relatively independent and there's, you know, still stages to go. But like, we're pretty, we're a pretty well-oiled machine around here. And to have someone come in, you know, and I, I actually did a little post about this that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. Like, I love myself. I'm super happy. We've got a system around here and my son is happy and I'm happy. And there's this thought of like, I don't know if I really want to bring someone in and potentially mess with this. Yeah. <laughs> Because well, it's pretty good right now. <laughs> it is. And I don't know if Grayson, um, you know, right now gets it, but just wait until he's older and you meet somebody and he doesn't like him. Oh, we've already had that. Oh, you have. So, <laughs> oh, you know, people will say, well, that's not up to them to decide. It's like, yeah, but you're in this dynamic and you're in this, and I don't want to use the word bubble because it gets overused during COVID, but you're in this really, really cool little pod of, of, and it's not codependency. It just works. They're more mature than quite, you know, quite often more mature than other kids their age because they do have to be a little more independent. Mom can't be always. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I always felt that. And, um, you know, I couldn't be home some nights until, you know, 6.30. So I would prep all the stuff and he would have dinner ready when I got home. Some mornings I had to leave early. So I would put a blender of, um, now we're talking 25 years ago. I I was the smoothie mom because for breakfast, he, it was like, here, your stuff's there. I've saved all the little notes. It's like, good morning, my love. Your breakfast is here. You just have to turn the blender on. You know, I mean, that it is different. And, you know, I can't yeah. say that it's not different. It, it's not like that with some families because I'm sure it is. But we're talking about single parents and we are yeah. heroes, Carmel, I'm telling you. So, I mean, I could go on like this forever. Okay. Yeah. So- so then the next part is the financial and I think there's this notion that because dad or mom has to pay support that that should be enough and it's like well 400 bucks a month when it's like uh you've got you've got you've got the pressure of keeping your kid not that you want to do it but there is that pressure you want them to have everything every other child has Mm mm-hmm do you talk to parents about budgeting? Like I bought everything, no name. I have this incredible budget that I created, man, I can stretch a meal into three nights if I have to. Right. Yeah. And isn't that amazing? Yeah. Right. Honestly, I never had a budget until I became a single parent. Yeah, me too. I, I, this, this experience made me take control of my finances in a way that I hadn't before. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it, it opened me, it opened me up to so much to being capable of so much more than I ever thought I would be, yeah. which sounds really funny. Cause like, I'm, I've always been fairly independent and, you know, I always did my own thing, but I don't know, like I had this old, um, thought pattern in my head that, well, you need to be paired with a partner in my case, a man in order to do well in the world. Yeah. You know, you need to have someone else. And, and the, the most beautiful thing that single parenting ever taught me was that, no, you don't. Don't. <laughs> I absolutely don't. Not financially. Nope. Um, you know, I mean, you need people emotionally, you need people around you, but not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a romantic partner, right? We can make our way in this world just fine on our own. Yeah. Well, and of course, you know, we're going back years when it was like, you know, we, you're talking about women who had to give babies up for adoption. They went away for the summer, you know, because it was such a, a big no-no. And yep. now there's a lot of single parents just because they're divorced, right? Mm. So one of the things, so I, I have learned not to get my back up because I, I love when I hear moms who have a weekend <laughs> off and they're like, oh, I'm, uh, or their husband's away for the weekend. or Oh, I'm a single parent this weekend. It's like, you are not a single parent. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a word to anybody who's who's listening who's not a single parent, um, don't ever say that to a single parent. Oh, I'm a single parent when for the weekend or when my partner goes away. And, you know, I I, I was married to a man in the Navy. So, uh, like, I, I experienced that person being away. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It isn't the same because there's still money. And, you know, I think the big part of it is the finances, right? So yeah, there is money part. coming in, right? And not not the support payments that a lot of women don't get, which, you know. Uh, That's which, true. Yeah. And so you don't have to buy all no-name everything. I never had saran wrap in my house. I had, I had no frills wrap or, you know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> yep. no Charmin in my house growing up, man. It was whatever was cheapest, <laughs> right? You know, steak. Who the heck eats steak? Oh, man, we had, you know, hamburger meat because it was the cheapest to do, right? Uh, and the birthday parties were, you know, I, uh, you know, they get the goodie bags. Mine were very meager. And they didn't know the difference, you know? No. Yeah. When my kid, when my son was young, like really young and even, even up to now, I buy, I buy all of our clothes secondhand, yep. even in my clothes often are secondhand. And that's more of a, that's not even so much a thrift thing as it is. I, I am aware that the fashion industry, the fast fashion industry, and if you've ever met, um, heard of that term is incredibly destructive to our planet. And so, you know, my, and my son knows that that's part of how we operate. We buy yeah, things think, secondhand and that's okay. I think you become very pragmatic when you're a single parent. For sure. You have to. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the challenges uh, that you see consistently with your clients or that you feel? And I'll tell you how it is 25 years later. Tweet <laughs> <laughs> me 25 years earlier. 25 years earlier, what it was. Hey, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, actually, there, there was something that I wanted to talk about, that the, the difference in the, the changing perceptions of single parents. Um, because I think that 
the perceptions of single parents are changing, but the stereotype in that we wear in our heads is not changing. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think I'll, I'll we have. It. Yeah. No, but it, and that's true. And so now we're going to talk about twenty five years later. If I hear, you know, oh, so and so got, you know, knocked up. What a horrible word. <laughs> it's a really awful word. It's an awful. <laughs> well, and you know, yeah. Well, the other word that I. I, I I actually dislike the most on the planet is bastard. And and Ugh. I remember in school, they were learning about the word and one of Alex's friends was pointing at him going, that's you. And Alex came home and he wasn't upset by it. If he were, he didn't show it. But I was so offended by that word. I mean, come on. But even now, if I see, you know, women quite often now just choose to have children on their own uh, for whatever reason. And it's like, oh, right? It's still there, Carmel. Yeah, and actually this is something, you just touch on something and I'll talk about it briefly. There's this idea that no one chooses to be a single mom. And I think increasingly that's crap. Yep. And from a couple of different, I fully admit that I chose to become a single mom. I chose to end my marriage. Did I want that? Did I expect that? No, not really. It wasn't ideal. But I need to take ownership of the fact that I chose to become a single mom yeah. and be make that a statement of power. Mm-hmm. Own it. Right? And there are also there are also um women out there who you're right. They're they're not married. They they want to have a child. The, the traditional way of doing that is just not showing up for them. And so they are choosing to bring a child or children, multiple children into this world as a single parent. Yeah. You know, a, a super famous example would be Shonda Rhimes. She yeah. adopted three children. She's the creator of Grey's Anatomy and private practice. And Oh, I don't watch TV, so I don't even know who that is. But <laughs> it is. There, there will be that. people listening who know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, and there, there are the, the celebrities like um, Charlize Theron and yeah. Sandra Bullock. I guess Jennifer Aniston just is doing it too. And so here's the point, though, is these women yeah. are fabulously wealthy compared to our standards, and they have nannies. I don't think all of them do, though. I don't think, I think Sandra Bullock chooses to not have a nanny. I don't know, but I, I'm trying to remember if I read that, but... Yeah, so that's where it goes back to that single parenting. Now you have a full-time nanny. Does that matter? Not really, because if your kid's going out to daycare when you're working, isn't that kind of the same, right? Yeah. Kind of is. You know, yeah. my child went to daycare. My child goes to school and has after-school care. And yeah. so there is there are ways for me to have my child be taken care of while I work and do my own thing. Yeah. And I think that separation is really important. No, I don't I mean think it's so. not it's not important for everybody, but it yeah. is for me. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, what I'm hearing is that there isn't when you're when I'm talking to you about what you do, and, and I, you know, I could have used a you when I was younger. We didn't have coaches then. So I think that's wonderful that you do that for your life's work. Yeah, I, I think you know what I'm hearing is that it isn't about the the stereotypical single mom, what we're talking about is just raising our children. And that's what I love about when I talk to you. It isn't a, 
I have never once in our co previous conversations ever felt that you were kind of wallowing in, oh, I'm a single mom and blah, blah, blah. I, I think it's really empowering that you do that and that you recognize that it, it, so there's the whole things we've talked about. There's the dating, there's the financial, there is how you are as a parent, all of those things. And I love that empowering is a perfect word for you and what you do. Now, that's not to say that you don't pull that single parent card because sometimes it's pretty handy. Do you agree? <laughs> sometimes it is handy, although I, I make a point of not, and I catch myself in my head. Yes. But I never, I don't, I don't say it out loud anymore. Yeah. Because the trouble with it is that it is disempowering. It gives you an excuse. It gives you an out. Yeah, that's good. For l doing the work to create what you want. It keeps you small. It keeps you safe. It keeps you comfortable, yeah. you know, and yeah. not in the, not in the sense that, you know, you're, you're living the high life or anything kind of comfy life, but it keeps, we remember we talked about that ego. It yeah. keeps your ego intact. This idea of who you are, even yeah. if that idea of who you are doesn't serve you. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, it is overwhelming. And I think that's really important that it can be daunting. It's daunting to be a parent when there's two of you. You need a break, I, you know. It's like, oh my god, you know. How many, how many two-parent families, you know, said to you, "Oh, I don't know how you do it." Yeah. Oh. I awesome. hear it all the time. Me too. All the time, they say, "I don't I, know how you do it," and my my response is always, "Well, nobody else is going to do it," and and not not that I don't have a choice because I think it's really important that we we don't say, "Well," it's so again, making sure that you're using empowering language over disempowering language. So not that I don't have a choice, but that there's nobody else to do it. And and this is this is my reality. Yeah, and I think there's a shift now that it's almost a badge of honor to say you're a single mom. And I think it's almost a badge of honor when you're a single dad, especially single dad of a little girl. You know, I love seeing those stories where dads are doing their hair and they braid better than a woman can. <laughs> Aren't those so awesome? They're so sweet. Yeah. And to the point about, you had said earlier, partner for you is male. But when you're talking about gay, gay couples who want to have children, I think that's beautiful. I, I mean, yeah. who cares? If you're going to give this child all the love that any human being deserves, I think you should just go for it. It's not yeah. going to, I mean, I think we're seeing more and more of it now and I love it. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I wholeheartedly agree. The most important thing is that these children feel loved and cared for and like they can go and do anything that they want. Right. And I think there's no better example of how important that is than your own experience. Yeah. Right. You didn't, you didn't have that as a child in a two-parent household. I had a two-parent household that should have been a one-parent household. Right. Honestly, right? Yep. Honestly. Mm -hmm. And there was no good role modeling going on in either one of those people. So yep. there's that part to it too. So when you're talking about being a good parent, what was the role model for you? So if we fast forward now to my boy, who I will tell you honestly, I know I'm his mother and I'm going to sound like I'm his mother, but he's <laughs> an amazing parent amazing parent. And he now says to me, how did you do this by yourself, mom? And I'm, I'm just like, like you said, you just do. And, and I always say to him, I wouldn't change it. 
if I had to go back, I would have done it exactly the same way. I would have changed some things, but I would have been very, very still dedicated to him. So now we're going to talk about something that I don't know that a lot of um, parents realize. So now we're going to fast forward. So you've raised your children. You've gone through the ups and downs like any parent does. Now they've met somebody. And it changes the dynamic, especially when you got a single mom with an only child. And the dynamic has to change. And I know I will be very free in telling you, I had a very difficult time in letting my son go when he got married. And my daughter-in-law is wonderful. She's beautiful. She adores him. He adores her. They're amazing parents. They really, like, honestly, I have the poster for the perfect family right now. I feel like I do. But I will tell you, yeah, so there was two bits to it. I had to, the problem with mother-in-laws is the (laughs) mother-in-law of the boy. There's not, there is a mother that will, there's not one mother that has a boy that doesn't tell you that that dynamic is really felt differently than if it's the daughter, right? So here was the thing is, and it's not about slamming his dad. His dad just didn't really, and I think when I got married, when Alex was 15, my husband, then husband, and my son were very close. In fact, my son changed his name to my Yeah. So they were very close. And I think Alex kind of just, and his dad and him really just did not meld. There was no arguing or anything, but just the way it all went down. So we're going to fast forward. So now he's getting married. And I know I told you this before we we did this, but this is something I want single parents to realize. Women or men, whatever, parent to parent, there will come a time in your child's life, whether they have been with their parent or not the other parent, they will want to be. They just do. And, it, and I don't know why, and it doesn't matter. So when Alex and Samantha got married, not only was I dreading having to see his dad, and I had built up this kind of weird resentment as a single mom, like, you know, didn't do anything. You know, I had this deep, deep pride in, in raising that boy. I take full credit for, for who he is today, which is really unfair, but I do. <laughs> And (laughs) you're allowed. I am allowed. So what (laughs) happens though, is all of a sudden his dad's getting to go to the wedding. So not only do I have a day of a wedding, I got a whole week on a cruise ship with this guy and, and, and his stepmom. So I'm thinking, oh my God. And I was very, very upset. I, I, I'm being totally honest here. I've written an article about it. And I was like, hold on a second here. I took 30 years and I, and and I'm going to full on martyr myself here. Full on. <laughs> I love it. You know, gorgeous cake. And it had fondant on it and little, all the little memories I had. And, and what I gave up, I gave, uh, uh, to a certain degree, I gave up my career. I didn't pursue because my, my son was more important. And now his dad got to show up with a fork. And I'm like, how's that happen? And I was really like, to the point where they were doing the guest list, and I'm not suggesting everyone needs to stop, and if they want to do it, stop yourself, because it just is stupid. But I wanted my name first and foremost as his mother. I, and he was like, when we were doing the speeches, he's like, Mom, I don't want you to give a speech. You just make people feel uncomfortable because I was so rah-rah. Oh, I was a single parent, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think he was worried that I was going to call his dad out or something. <laughs> and, and so... 
we get to the part where the speeches are and I had a very, you know, very short, you know, welcomed her to the family and, you know, all that. His dad gets up and reads this beautiful thing. And the first thing he did was he goes, I need to thank Helen for the amazing job that she did raising Alex. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. But, you know, <laughs> I was like, what? And not only that, you show up with the fork and now you give me credit. Like it was like, and I was just like, well, what did you want him to do? Like it was really, I mean, they can laugh about it now, but it was really traumatizing. And all I saw was this man, 30 years later, whatever reason, and he's married to a beautiful woman, whatever reason it didn't work out with us, he had a lot of regrets. I see that in him. I could see it in him. I see it in my own father. And it was that moment I thought, no matter what you do as a parent, you're allowed to make amends. And I'll tell you, when grandchildren come into play, don't ask me how much I wanted to share grandpa. I didn't. I'm like, <laughs> hold on. Uh, I'm the grandparent. Well, it's ridiculous. And we are all fine. And I got over it. And I actually did a lot of work on myself because it wasn't, it was just not helping anybody. Yeah. And I think you hit on such an important thing there that we need to do the internal work that allows us to make peace with what's happened in our life that we didn't expect, that we didn't want, that, you know, all of those negative things. We have to do the work. And that's that's one of the, I feel like one of the most important things that I do with my clients is that we really focus on their fulfillment and releasing any negativity that they have about the the other parent, about what happened, because it's kind of like that quote, I think I'm getting this right. Resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other expecting the other person to die. Yeah. It just it, it doesn't serve us. And it doesn't serve the child because the child Not at is all. entitled to love their parents. But mm-hmm. the funniest part was I ended up spending the entire time with him and Kathy and we had a great time. I actually we are really good friends and the freedom I mean, if they're here, we go for dinner. I love this. Oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm just so happy to hear that because how much joy does that bring into your life? Oh my God. That would otherwise be missing. And, and, you know, not just missing, but holding that resentment or, or holding on to anger would actually diminish your quality of life because that, that person is part of your life. Yep. You well, know, in some capacity. Totally. And I wouldn't have my, my perfect son without have, having met his father, right? That's right. Yeah. And I think that people, and I know that I had, um, I had, did have a client who ended up, um, similar to your situation, ended up being a single, a single mom and uh, by choice. But one of the things was, should I let the father have a part of their life? And I'm like, but if you don't, guess what? That child might end up wanting to know why. And how are you going to answer that? Well, because I didn't like what he I didn't like that it didn't work out. You know, I mean, I think we have to be as single parents have to be very forward thinking, because guess what? Whether these people are in your life, you are going to share high school graduations, you are going to share marriages, you are going to share your grandchildren. And he is a wonderful grandfather. I mean, no, my grandchildren have like seven grandparents. And that's so awesome. Can you love, love that you have that much love in your life 
once COVID's over, we're planning on having all of us go on a big trip together. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So the point to me telling that is that don't build up that resentment. So you got your beautiful cake and then you're standing there thinking the whole time. And I'm telling, it was a long time before I could even wrap my head around that I was going to have to spend not only a day at a wedding, but an entire freaking week. And we actually had a great time. And I'm so glad it happened the way it did. And it was really hard on Alex and Samantha because I was dragging them into my insecurities. It was ugly. I'm ashamed to say that, that I, I didn't have the emotional maturity to let it go. But once I did, you know, and I think they felt it too. I mean, I don't know, maybe they were saying the same things. Oh God, we have to spend a week with her on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing what happens when we let go of those, those old judgments and those old stories and resentments and, and the like, and just decide who do I want to show up as in this moment? And it, it actually, that, I, that concept actually transformed my relationship with my ex because it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was never terrible, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the super, either. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. you know? And at, at a certain point, I said, okay, I cannot change who he is. I cannot, cha- I cannot control him, his behaviors, his choices, but I can decide who I'm going to show up as yeah. instead of being reactionary, mm-hmm. right? Instead of allowing what he does to piss me off or, you know, send me into a tizzy or make me sad or, you know, really taking ownership of my emotions, ownership of my reactions and saying, this is my intention going forward, regardless of what he decides to do. Yep. And, and, he, and he reacted to that. Yeah. And that won't always be the case, like positively, right? Like our, our relationship is not, you know, we're not buddy-buddy, yeah. but it's, it's fairly amiable, mm-hmm. right? And to that point is, you know, the person who suffers the most from your poor choice, whether you choose, whether they choose, is really the child because yeah. they, don't, they are, actually aren't carrying the same emotions that you are about your ex. That's their parent, yeah. And, and my son loves parent, his dad. Yeah. But if they're a crappy parent, that you think the kids don't know the difference? Of course they do. Right? Yes, they do. They're much easier to they're much easier to forgive the behaviors than we are. You know, and I think part of this, the mis, the disconnect people have is that you you know, you're super protective of your children, of course. And as they grow into adulthood, you don't need to bite their battles. They they can figure it out. So let them figure it out. And again, I'm not talking about the parents that are, you know, super, you know, terrible parents, like beat their children and all that. That's a whole different ballgame, of course. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're talking about, I don't, I don't know if this will be the right language, but, you know, normal, well-adjusted human beings who don't have, you know, who aren't narcissists, who are not, you know, physically abusive, yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for sure. And I mean, uh, you know, you see it time and time again is the daughters that haven't had their father in their life forever. I'm one of them. Um, and when you walk down the aisle, you want your dad there. You just do. And, you know, it's not about just about sons needing their fathers. Women need their fathers, too. Absolutely. Your father, whether we want this to be true or not, 
his behaviors have such a huge influence on what you think is acceptable and unacceptable within a relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't think that we're always as aware of how much of an influence that has until later on in life. Yeah. Well, and that's where I come in and I'm, you know, like, oh my God, I know I've been there (laughs) kind of thing. Kind of being a bit of an ass about it sometimes. (laughs) It's easy for me to say, yeah, actually just let them figure it out because that's really not how it works. That's they've got to go through that journey. But it's certainly easier to go through if mom, mom or dad isn't saying, oh, you know, this snarky comments, right? And, and we all do it, of course. But if you can even just try not to do it, it's so hard. It is hard. And, and you know, sometimes you're not even saying something to your children, because I know I've done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't said anything directly to my son, but I'll, he'll be in the house or in the car and I'm talking to a friend, whether I'm on the phone or whatever, and I say something and I'll be like, oh, dang it. Yeah, I know that. I know. Did he hear that? Did he? (laughs) You know, and and it's it's never anything that bad, but it's just like a complaint about a behavior, and I just don't want to. I don't want to taint his image of his dad, because that's his relationship to have with his parent. That's right. It's interesting you say this because I wonder how many of our listeners that are married who are making snide comments about. (sighs) Hey. Oh yeah. Oh, I, gar- I guarantee it happens. The single mother that has to be the freaking, you know, Mother Teresa. How about every parent should <laughs> not be making roll their eyes and snidey comments and, you know? It absolutely happens. Like, I, I, and if there's anybody who says that they've never done that, I'm oh, sorry, pants on, pants on fire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that is totally... So you have a website. Tell me uh, what your website is, on. Yeah, it's speaknowcoaching.com. Okay. So you do exclusively work with single parents? That is my ideal client, as they say. That is who I really feel called to work with. But certainly, if someone wants to work with me who's not a single parent, um, and I'm actually exploring the idea of, you know, actually working with those people who are not single parents but feel like single parents, Because that is, you know, I've actually been in that position too. I mean, it was very short-lived for, uh, but I've, you know, like I said, I was married to someone who's in the Navy. He would go away for months at a time. When my son was three months old, he went and lived in Halifax for four and a half months for training. Wow. That's a tough time. And thankfully I was on mat leave. So, you know, I just kind of did my thing, zombied through my days. (laughs) But that's still like, that's a, that's a, I didn't have the, it wasn't the same as being a single parent, but you definitely are missing a certain amount of support that is there when you have another parent in the house. Yeah. I think it all, it really does come down to, okay. So the one thing, whether you're single parent or not, it's exhausting. Yes. Um, (laughs) It's the longest and yet the shortest years of your life. 100% agree with that. Get rid of the guilt. You, Absolutely. You're working with the best that you can work at. And, you know, I mean, I had to learn to let go of my parents who were certainly by my standards not, you know, I mean, I was always warm and I was always fed and I could do pretty much if I wanted to go skiing or, you know, horseback riding or whatever. My parents were very good that way. But my parents within themselves were so dysfunctional. 
that it really, they should have been, I should have been raised uh, with a single parent because they were just a disaster as a, as a couple. Yeah. And you have to find your compassion for them because everyone's really, truly just doing the best they can do with what they have at the time. And it's and not a cop out, right? I used to hate hearing that. What, that, that people are doing the best they can with the yeah. tools they have? Because yeah. that was ringing in my ears as you were talking yeah. and it, it can be hard to accept but that's about our expectations yeah. versus reality, the reality of the world. And the reality of the world is that people are doing the best they can with the tools that they have. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily meet other people's expectations. And that's because they maybe have different tools. Yeah. And what's nice about now is that we've got the Carmels of the world. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I can't. Yeah. Like, honestly... Like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm so proud of you. I, I feel like this motherly feel for you. I'm just so super <laughs> proud of you that you are embracing being a single mom and you're doing it well and you're able to help other moms who may not know how to reach out. You know, when I was raising my son, it was almost you don't ask for help, right? You know what? Even Even me, you know, 25 years later... I struggled to ask for help at the start. And that was about, that was about me. That wasn't necessarily about being a single parent, right? I needed to realize that I needed to become someone who can ask for help and that that wasn't a sign of weakness. It wasn't imposing on other people. It wasn't going to negatively impact a relationship that I had with other people in my life. I wasn't a burden. It was just, hey, I need some help with this. Yeah, and I think, and that's right. And and the thing is, is when your kid screws up, you can call me, Carmel. I mean, you're not there, you're fine. <laughs> Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll get to that point. And I hope I still remember when you get to the point where Grayson's going to get married that I, I won't have Alzheimer's or something. <laughs> I hope not. If you, if you have to do the week-long cruise for the wedding because that's what Grayson and his wife want, just reach out and ask because it, it's don't try and muddle through that stuff by yourself. It, it just, it really damages everything about what you've worked towards having. Yeah. 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 I agree. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've thought, and I haven't asked him yet. So I don't know if I should put this on the airwaves. <laughs> put it on. It's fine. I, you know, I thought that, you know, we're at a point now um, where things are so and amiable enough that I'm like, Maybe we could all have Christmas dinner together one year, right? And, and he's in a new relationship and has been for a number of years. And my son really likes her. And I haven't really gotten to know her very well, but I would like to. And I think it would be so amazing for my son if yeah. we had that experience. And I will tell you, Kathy uh, came into Alex's life. I think he was four when they got married. And she's lovely. And she was she was in her position too, where she's fully aware she's not the mom. And I had the fear, oh my God, he's going to love her more. Okay, stop that nonsense, right? And let them have that relationship with them. And I can tell you how freeing is, like, I know when they come here, it's like, I always go in and we have dinner together. And it's just family now, right? It's a beautiful- That's so awesome. It really is. Like, it's so nice to- just have been able to let all that nonsense go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if part of that is just time, like the passage of time and the natural healing of wounds. I mean, I think there's a certain 
amount of work that we can do intentionally in our lives to heal our own wounds. And there's also a part of it that's just, we have to uh, allow the time to pass so that our our, little our ego, <laughs> yeah, our poor little ego can just be like, oh, okay, that's just not really an issue anymore. Yeah, and I think, you know, it was funny when we were in uh, Belize, we went for a walk one day and Daryl was saying to the guide, oh, well, this is my wife, Kathy. Oh, and then Helen's the mother of my son. And the guide was like, <laughs> oh? <laughs> and I were walking we were ahead and we heard him saying it and I said to Kathy oh boy I'm gonna look in his face like he's probably like huh you know so um that in itself is very freeing to be able to do that right and you know yeah. you see it quite often too when when then you get into the blended family thing where you know the stepmom is you know I have been the evil stepmother and I and I was not an evil stepmother but my stepdaughters um actually perceive me as that and we do not have a relationship and it's heartbreaking. And yeah. there was nothing I could do to change it. I'm always kind of hopeful that as they get older, they're going to see the place that I was coming in. But I think it's very important as a single parent to say also is there, the house they go to are the rules they need to follow. And Absolutely. Out of it. Yeah. When my son goes to his dad's house, it's his rules. And we're, you know, he's young enough that there's no questioning of the rules at mom's house versus the rules at dad. And maybe that'll, that'll remain the way that it is, even as he gets older. Mm. But yeah, you kind of have to let go. And I think there's a lot of frustration that, that exists within, well, my, my ex doesn't, or my child's other parent doesn't do things right. They don't do things the way that I do them. And it's, it's, when they're at that other parent's house, you kind of got to let it go. Yeah. Like short of, short of abuse, oh, of, of course. course, absolutely. But you just kind of got to let it go and say, well, that's, this is a really interesting learning experience for them that yeah. they get to experience how things run at this house and they get to experience how things run at that house and they can decide what they like. And wow, what a cool opportunity for them because when they get to the age where they have children, They've had two models yep. and they can go, well, I liked this one. I didn't like this one. And, you know, like there's, there's so much opportunity that comes within the challenges and the hardship. And the beauty is in not focusing on the challenge, mm -hmm. but in, you know, I don't want to call it the silver lining because there's a little bit of <laughs> negative yeah. connotation about the silver lining, right? Yeah, I, I um, but, yeah. but seeing, you know, but you know what finding the 5% good. Yeah, and at the end of the day, your children are going to grow into adults. They, they see, they actually see, right? Absolutely. And so you need to be able to trust, trust that, that they are going to understand how it all worked out. And um, you, I don't know, it's fun being a martyr, a single mom. Oh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's not fair to your children and it's not fair to the yeah. other parents. Well, and, and honestly, it's really not fair to yourself. Like yeah. the mindset of the martyr. Oh my goodness. It's like exhausting. it's exhausting. Yeah. I would much rather find the joy and find cooperation and aspiration. Like what, what do I want to create for myself? And instead of getting stuck in this, well, you know, the negative stories 
of, well, you know, it's not fair that that parent gets to sweep in at the end of his life and, and eat the, eat the cake that I so carefully made. Right. It's well, and it's interesting because Alex and I almost have parallel lives with our relationships with our fathers. And I see my father now who is 86 and I actually did phone him, I don't know, a month ago. And I said, so I've known you longer than I did my adopted father because my adopted father died when I, when he was um, quite young. And I said, why am I not calling you dad? And he was like, I, I don't, I don't know. Why aren't you? And that was a big thing for me. And, you know, there, you can't have regrets. You know, it's like, you can't go back and think, oh man, I wish this had happened and wish that had happened. But I, w- I had two dads. I have an entirely different relationship. And it had I listened to my mother the way she, I mean, she hated him till her dying breath. And this is I, your biological mother. Biological, yeah. And I remember even as an adult thinking, oh my God, I don't want to hear this. This is your problem, right? And your kids are going to think the same thing. So Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we could do like a week-long podcast. I think we really could. We could talk and talk and talk and talk. You know what? I, I will say, I, I, uh, and again, I will say I'm super proud of you for the work you do. Thank you for doing that. And um, in, in, in all seriousness, if you're getting to the point where you're seeing that 30-year cake and you don't, you're not sure why you have to share it, just call me. Please <laughs> <laughs> come back and listen to this podcast. I mean, I know yeah. you get it, but I think for you to be able to tell that story to other people, like I, you know, really, I've been so far out of parenting world. I mean, I mean, my, my son's a grown-up for Pete's sake. But I still feel that pride in saying I was a single mom, even though it doesn't really, you know, factor into it at all now. But I, I love the work that you're doing. Well, you know what, though? But see, being a single parent has been a formative part of your experience. Like, it, it really informs who you are now. Totally. You know, it is, it is still relevant for you. Mm-hmm. I think anyways. Yeah. And there's the other part where you start, you know, you start going back and you're like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. Oh my God. He's like, Stop it. Yeah. With that, it's okay to, to look back and go, hmm, mm-hmm. I, I wish I hadn't done that. But instead of feeling guilty and terrible about it, the best thing that you can do is say, okay, I'm going to do it differently next time. Or, you know, going forward, I'm going to, um, or share that lesson with somebody else. But the, the guilt and the shame, it's, it's, it's a waste. It It, it just, it, it just, it means you're carrying around negative emotions that are not good for you. Well, and there's not a parent on this planet that doesn't said, Hey, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, oh my gosh. Right. You know, I mean, I absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think of some of the stuff that, I mean, I wasn't horrible, but there was sometimes I'm like, Oh boy, I could have been handled a little bit differently, but I mean, I'm, you know, that's where that forgiveness piece comes in. We all do it and we're all going to continue to do it. Absolutely. There, there have certainly been moments with my son where I've been like, wow, I did not show up as who yeah. I wanted to be. Yeah. Fortunately at this point in, uh, in my life, I recognize it really quickly and I go back and I apologize to my yes. son. Yep. And I don't try to pretend that I am this infallible goddess mm-hmm. <laughs> who's, who's um, you know, who lords over him. Yeah. It's, 
oh, I, I screwed up. And that's a really important lesson. You know, our, our screw ups can be a lesson for our children, well, right? In, in how, yeah, in how to, in how to move through this world in a way that is, yes, completely imperfect and yet capable of being kind and gentle and making up for those after the fact. Never be yeah. afraid. My son knows to never be afraid to apologize. He has trouble actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know that with the maturity that will come, right? Yeah. But I want to model that for him. Yeah, and I think to that point too, is I'm watching my son parent his kids and I'm like, oh, okay, so yeah, he's, he's not a perfect parent either. You know, he's very good, but he's not perfect. He's going to have things where he's like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's just, you know, being human. But yeah, I, you know, I love the work that you do. And um, so is there, what's coming up for you before we, we uh, close off? Is there, are you doing a summit or something? You were saying earlier, you're going to partner with someone to. Yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm, it, there may be a podcast coming. Um, so I'm, I'm, but I'm, that's all I'm at liberty to say because I am collaborating with someone else. So, um, I can't, we're, we're still hashing it out and figuring out what that's going to look like. I'm actually, I've created a, an email mini course that I'm just trying to get the technology working behind it. So it's it's this thing that I keep like saying, oh, I'm releasing this and, and, um, but it, it will be out very soon. Oh, so I'm well, excited about happens, that. Let me know and we'll attach it to the show notes when we, when we do this. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, it, Absolutely. And honestly, if there's any, you know, I sound like I'm a like 90 year old woman, but um, if there's any time when you're really struggling and, you know, <gasps> do reach out, hun, for sure. Cause it isn't easy and, and kudos to you for taking it on and, and kudos to anyone who is a single parent. Absolutely. But the rewards are crazy good. Oh my goodness. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it it is challenging and and the early years are the hardest. I think that's really important to emphasize or at least that's my experience and because they are so dependent on you. You're just you are the doer of everything and I've just found that as my son has gotten older and older, he's become more independent. We've got a system down, things run fairly smoothly. And I'm sure there's uh, a special surprise waiting for me in his teenage years. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not though. I mean, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to have that conversation. But I think Alex was, you know, out of 100, he was uh, 97% amazing as my child. Right. Yeah, even though he was spirited. But I, I really enjoyed being his mom. And I enjoy being his adult mom now. Like we have a whole different dynamic that I love. And so the rewards are there. And yes, nothing comes easy in life. And that includes parenting, whether you're doing it on your own or you're not, right? Yep. I think that's so true. It's it's not easy. It's not easy any way you slice it. Because they don't, kids don't come with a manual. No. We don't come with an instruction manual on, okay, so when this happens, then do this, right? We're all muddling through and trying to figure it out. And if there's a child that comes as a surprise, Alex used to say, I was a mistake, right, mom? I'm like, no way, you were the best surprise ever, a wonderful surprise. And he'd be like, I was a mistake. I'm like, you were a surprise and I've never wavered from that. But you yeah. don't know that you aren't going to raise the, the, the next kid who's going to find the cure for cancer. Or you don't know that you're going to... So embrace, embrace that journey. And, you know, for me, 
I have said it a million times, I was such a messed up young lady because of my, my past. He made me stand up and pay attention and it was the best gift I ever got. And, and I, to this day, yeah, it's wonderful. Okay, yeah. so enough of that gushy stuff. Um, <laughs> you've been listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. Carmel, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Check out Carmel's website at Speak Now Coaching, S-P-E-A-K-N-O-W-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. And good luck to you and your future young lady. I'm really super proud of you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. To learn more about Helen's journaling retreats, speaking engagements, and life coaching, or to sign up for her newsletter, please visit HelenRose.ca. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.